Hello, and welcome to the Moncast. My name is Stevie. And my name is Sam. The current score is nil-nil, and this time we're discussing the first episodes of Digimon Adventure Zero Two and Pokemon Johto Journeys. Enter Flamedramon, and don't touch that dial. Shall we start with Don't Touch That Dial? Ash and Co., which still consists of Ash, Brock and Misty, are walking through the forest on their way to register for the Pokemon League, but get lost and glimpse a legendary Pokemon on the way. They eventually make it to the Pokemon Centre, but Nurse Joy is preoccupied at the lab, since Team Rocket stole a new trainer's Totodile right from under Professor Elm's nose. Ash and Co. aid in retrieving the Pokenap Totodile, and Ash registers for the League before they set off for their next destination. Do you want to talk about the intro theme then? It's not as good, but it's alright. You don't think? I can't remember how it goes. I'm guessing it wasn't in the version you watched then. No, it was. I just forgot it. You just forgot it. Everybody wants to be a master. Everybody, Everybody wants, wants to show this skill. Everybody, Everybody wants, wants to get, get their faster. faster. Make the way to the top of the hill. Each time you, you try, try, gonna get just a little bit better. Each step you climb, one more step up the ladder. I quite like it. I actually prefer this one to the first one we had. Then you have bad taste. No, I don't. It just seems cheerier. It's it's so much less. The first one's more like, yeah, we're going to go on a badass adventure. And this one's more like, yeah, we're going to hang out and just see some little animals, really. And for me, that that's what it feels like. And it's quite nice. It's much more. We're just going to go look at the things. It's more whimsical. I suppose it is more fitting in tone, but it's not as fun to sing along to. It's so good to sing along to that first one, but this. This second one will take some getting used to before I know the words. It just reminds you that it's a whole new place with a brand new attitude, but you've still got to catch them all, okay? Don't forget that thing you've got to do. Yeah, because there's, there's still only 250 or something now. 251, I think it is? Yeah, they added 100, so it would be 251. That's still a lot. That's still a lot of, of animals you need to own, essentially. I'm enslaved. One thing about the intro, though, is that there was a lot in there that just looked like it was taken straight out of Indigo League and wasn't new at all. Just like, oh, there's Mewtwo Mew again. Oh, there's Charizard. Oh, there's Bulbasaur. Just, oh, okay. It's all the same Pokemon. To be fair, though, Ash has still got most of his Pokemon that he had before. True. I'm excited to see Gary with his badass cloak and Eevee, though. He's what? Gary's got a cloak now. He got better. He was already the best, but now he's better. The actual episode itself starts out with the gang and they're uh, going through some woods as they should do because that's what they always do. They're always in a forest. Sticking to what they know. Except there's fog this time. So they're lost. Which only happens like, what, 60% of the time they're in a forest, they're lost. Yeah, most of the time. In my note, I've got, they're lost. Oh no, how new a concept for this show. (laughs) It's never happened before. But they're lost because they can't read a map or they don't have, I don't know, GPS or something. So they start arguing about who got them lost, which is something that they've never done before either. There is a good joke in this argument, though, where Ash says that Misty should try thinking because it'll be a new experience for her. That's mean. I found it really funny. I've got that they're fully arguing now, which is such a a good way to start a season. And maybe the plot will just materialise in front of them, which I'm not wrong. 
because Togepi runs away for some reason, and then Pikachu follows for some reason. And then the gang stumble across a glowing blue Pokemon, which I'm assuming you know which one it is. It's a Suicune. Yes, it is. Which sounds like a very wrong way of pronouncing Suicone. It does. The legendary Pokemon, Suicone. Now I can't help but imagine like an ear of corn with just Suicune's like, nose on the end of it. I don't like Suicune, the food, not the Pokemon. I was going to say, I'm not really a fan of, of this set of legendaries. It's a doggo. It's a water doggo with amazing hair. It's got the weird little diamond hole in its head, which always weirds me out. It looks quite menacing for the few seconds it was on screen. What bothers me about it, though, is like it runs through the forest at fast speeds. What happens if it catches a branch in its little head hole? It'll just get snagged on the tree. Yeah, like that's not good evolution. Is Suiku normally encountered in forests? It's able to purify water, like any bodies of water, and it spends most of its time running through forests and, and, and at lakes and stuff. Not more magical water. Mm, more magical water. <laughs> I'm already getting flashbacks. But I realise that this is kind of trying to be a bit like the first episode of the first season, where Ash sees the glowing legendary. Yeah, but they don't bother saving it for the end of the episode. They just do it right at the start. It just feels a bit meh. They're like, oh, Ash saw Ho-Oh at the start of this. Maybe he could see another one. Which one shall we do? Well, we can't do Ho-Oh. We've got the movie with Lugia. One of the doggos then. Which which doggo should it be? What about the water one? Because it's all wavy. Yeah, let's do the water doggo. There we go. I'm glad that all three of them got to see it, though. Makes a nice change. But then they fall over. I can't remember why they fall over. It just says in my notes that they just start falling down a cliff face. I just know that... They're looking at the water doggo. It runs away. I think Ash tries to follow it and then falls down a cliff. Ash is like, wait, I can catch Pokemon. And tries to chase after it. But they all fall down a cliff. And then Jigglypuff is there as well. Like, we just need to be reminded that Jigglypuff's also a Pokemon that's in this show. Jigglypuff will continue to be a Pokemon that follows them around. Yeah, I wasn't expecting Jigglypuff to still be there, but it kind of makes sense. I could understand a mini-arc of Jigglypuff, but it's several seasons later, and Jigglypuff's still just waltzing along behind them. Yeah, they went to the Orange Islands. Did Jigglypuff follow them there, or what's going on? I guess it just tagged along all the way. It's been tagging along for maybe a hundred episodes. This is less, oh, it's a cute Pokemon following them around. It's now this Pokemon is stalking them and abusing them by putting them to sleep. It's pretty obsessive, but is singing to put things to sleep is a good solution that they can use on multiple occasions. So the gang fall off a cliff and we don't see them for a bit because it cuts to Team Rocket. Yay! Who are the best. (laughs) They're just talking about food. They want food. They need food. They're just lost in the fog and as soon as it goes, they just go, let's get lunch! So they find a building and they're talking about is there, there might be food and then there might be a cafeteria or something. That's great. I like Team Rocket. I miss them. Well, they've come back and they're just as strong as ever. Just as hungry as ever. But yeah, they find a building and they go inside and there's just a guy sat at a microscope and he doesn't break attention from the microscope. He thinks they're Nurse Joy for some reason. Nurse Joy's supposed to turn up and check up on the Totodile. Someone's picking up Totodile the next morning. So Team Rocket are just, they're like, um, okay... <laughs> And Jesse decides to put on a, a Nurse Joy voice, which was believable because, girl. So they just straight up steal Totodile. Totodile. I'm going to call it Totodile because I used to call it that all the time. Fine, call it what you want. But yeah, they just stumbled upon a theft. They just broke into someone's building, but told there's a Pokemon there. They see the Pokemon, it's in front of them, and then it's like, let's just take it. And it's just so good. I really like Totodile. It's really cute. 
and me. I always used to pick Cyndaquil because I think Cyndaquil's kind of adorable, but I also really enjoy Totodile. It cuts to the gang and they arrive at New Bark Town. Brock reads a sign that says, Where winds of new beginnings blow. It is the first time they've come across, so it makes sense. I can't remember if that's what's on the sign in the game. I don't know. Because this episode kind of mirrors what happens in the game because you go to Professor Elm's lab and someone's stolen a Pokemon. He's named after a tree, so he must be legit. They're all all based on trees or plants because that's Professor Ivy. But Ash is thinking to himself about winning his first Johto League match. And then one of my favourite bits from this episode happens where he declares, watch out Johto League, we're on our way. And then Brock tells him he needs to register first. And then Ash is like, watch out Johto League, we're on our way to register. At some point he starts boasting about how he's ready for it. To which I reply, you're never ready for anything. (laughs) Maybe you'll do well this season. Maybe, hopefully. I mean, he almost succeeded the last time. Did he though? He got to like the semi-finals or something like that. I think he made it to the quarterfinals and he got most of the badges through dubious means. Through sheer luck or sympathy. But then Ash asks Brock if he has any cash on him in case they need to pay a fee. And I'm like, that's, that's also kind of funny. But it's free for everyone. And he can just sign up at a Pokemon Center, which is cool. I'm wondering how Pokemon Trainer's economy actually works now. Like, where do they make their income? In the games, you get it because when you win, someone pays you money. But then where do they get the money in the first place? From someone else. But then where do they get the money? It all filters down from rich people. Like, do they all just get loans from the Pokemon government or something? Maybe it's every time they leave, they get the pocket money from the parents. And basically, that's all the money that's floating around. It's just purely pocket money. I think in the end, it might just be the Pokemon League gets ticket sales and uses that to invest in new Pokemon trainers. So the gang go to the Pokemon Center, but Nurse Joy is out. And Brock is sad. Yeah, Brock is sad because in this episode, he's super like, yay, girls. He seems to be a bit better about girls, though. Like, he's not as sleazy. He seems a bit more romantic than usual. A bit more tactful. A bit funny. He's a bit funny when he talks about them. Like a bit in a, in a moment when he, like, bolts into a crime scene <laughs> during Preston for the journey. But yeah, Nurse Joy says she's out and she's supposed to be back about two. And it's already half three. So Brock says they should go and find her. So they bolt off to the next place which is uh, professor elm's lab they walk in to find a, like a crime scene it's all been blocked off and stuff in my notes it says that officer jenny has the soul badge shape on her hat her hat's got like a little heart but it's like the soul badge shape heart okay i don't know why i just i noticed it brock wants to impress her so he runs into the crime scene to go and solve the mystery and that's where we see nurse joy yelling at professor elm because he basically let Totodal get stolen he was just absorbed in his work yeah but if somebody walks in to your establishment you don't just sit there and stare at a screen and not even acknowledge them that's so rude i think he's a bit of an izzy yeah maybe but he's also a bit rude well izzy can be a bit rude he'll just work on his laptop while everyone else is out having fun so elm's talking to brock about his achievements and his studying and stuff and he's carrying a cyndaquil which is so cute because i love cyndaquil i think all the starters are pretty cute Eh, not a massive fan of Chikorita. It's a bit boring. Chikorita is a bit bland. Probably my least favourite of the three, based on this episode. But Totodile's the best. Cyndaquil and Totodile are kind of first for me, and then Chikorita's kind of third by default. To be fair, Charmander was the boring one for Gen 1. But he became a dragon. So Elm's talking to Ash about Pallet Town and Professor Oak, and apparently Elm was his top student, but he's also kind of Oak's rival now. Kind of, but not really. They just focus on different aspects in their research. Elm says that he focuses more on the Pokemon abilities that they have, and Oak focuses more on human-Pokemon relationships. Which we haven't seen him do before. Like, he's never 
told us that's what he focuses on or anything like that. No, not really. Professor Oak just has a lab. What has he been doing the whole series? All he seems to do is look after whatever Pokemon gets sent back to him. He does that and he has a lab. So he's a professor. That's what it is. He has a lab. I already like Professor Elm more than Professor Oak. Yeah, he does seem like quite a bookish nerd, which is quite nice. He already seems to have more character than just, I'm here for jokes. I hope he stays that way. Or that Ash even calls him over Professor Oak in the future. Because I honestly don't know if he will. The gang decide that they're going to help find Totodile. So they get shown a cast of the footprints that they found outside the lab. And it's one that's a boot, one that's a heeled shoe, and one that's a Pokemon foot print and i get why because it's obviously team rocket but it never comes up again in the episode like there's no other reason for it there's no consequence for having this thing but there it is it's a clue so it cuts to team rocket who are running away as jesse has totodile eating her hair and i think it's really funny i don't know why he just looks really content he does look just really happy it's like it's his favorite place to be like he could quite happily stay there forever and he kind of does stay there for a long time because it cuts to Ash and Co, who are with a Growlithe, who are chasing the thieves' scent. But then it cuts back to Team Rocket and they're resting on like a bench. And Totodile's still just there, clamped on her hair. They need to call the boss because they've got a rare Pokemon, which is Totodile. And they're deciding who's going to call him. And Meowth tries to go and call him. And then Jesse blocks him. And then they're arguing. And then James tries to sneak into the phone booth to call. This entire time, Totodile's just clamped on her hair. Just like, yep, I'm okay. I'm happy here. It's fine. (laughs) Which I think is really cute and was actually quite funny because like everything's going on but at the same time there's just this little tiny crocodile stuck to jesse so james tries to call the boss but then he can't remember the area code so jesse and meowth drag him into the fight as well and in that time the gang catch up with them and then team rocket do their motto and jenny's like could you repeat that not as funny as other jokes we've had i laughed out loud at it so team rocket begins to run away and ash calls out bulbasaur using stock footage and then james responds by calling out wheezing but it's like this is this is a new bit of animation isn't it like they've almost given james his own bit of stock footage of him calling out a pokemon possibly he does this thing about like he flicks his fringe out the way and then throws a pokeball i didn't notice if it was new it looks stock footagey enough for it to be that this is what they're going to use every time he calls out a pokemon which is okay but he calls out wheezing and he uses smokescreen and then Ash sends out Charizard because he's like, I don't need to even play with by the rules. I'm just going to send out every Pokemon I can. And they kind of do because he sends out Charizard. Bulbasaur pulls Totodile off of Jesse. And then James calls out Victory Bell, who just bites James's head. And then Jesse calls out Lickitung. And then there's Squirtle there as well in the mix. Pikachu's also there. And it's just a case of everybody attack now. Well, it's the first episode and they want to make it blatantly obvious who has what Pokemon still. Apart from Brock and Misty, who rarely play any part in any of the battles. So yeah, I I thought that they were just going to get blasted off now, but they padded it out a little bit by having Team Rocket's Pokemon blasted off, and then Totodile jumps down and just uses a water gun at Team Rocket and blasts them off. But surely they'd fall somewhere else from their Pokemon, because it's one single attack as opposed to like four different attacks hitting them. Physics don't apply. How does a horizontal water blast send them vertically into the air because plot exactly so they blast off ash and co go to the pokemon center and ash calls professor oak who's watching his soaps he is because he does nothing because he's not a professor he just has a lab oh he's definitely a coronation street watcher i could see that with a cup of tea and some biscuits so elm decides to take over the phone call and starts talking to oak so ash and co sit down and Totodile waddles past them to Nurse Joy. And it's so cute because he's just like, 
off doing his own little thing and it's really cute. He's a cute little crocodile thing. He is so cute and I love him. Nurse Joy tells him about he needs eight badges to do the league and that he should start with Violet City Gym, which she says it's the best place for him to start, which is cool. So we've got, he's registered and we've got a goal, like the first location to go to. And then Ash and Co start leaving. And I was like, it's the evening, isn't it? The sun's setting and they're now leaving to go into a forest. Maybe they should stay the night at the Pokemon Center instead of walking out into the forest at night. No, because they need that cool sunset shot as they walk off into the distance. They always have the sunset shot. Every single episode, there's always just... And off they go into the sunset because it's all cool and the day is over. But I'm like, no, okay. They got lost in a forest in the daytime. I doubt they're going to be able to make it in the forest at nighttime. Just going to take two steps and set up camp. They're at their campsite and they just look across and they see Nurse Joy at the window of the Pokemon Center and she just rolls the blinds down slowly. Could we stay here this tonight? No, we're pretty full. There's no one else here. Yeah, we're kind of full. One thing I'd like to say is that I wish Misty and Brock registered for the league as well. Yeah, actually, that would have been quite good. Because there's no reason why they shouldn't, because they're all there. It's free. And it means that they get to practice battling against the gym leaders they meet up with. Even if they don't plan on getting all the badges. So just do it. And then the final shot is Jigglypuff, who is now following them. Because we have to be reminded that Jigglypuff's still there. Who's jiggly puffing along and then the episode ends so let's start out with your standout character which is your favorite one or the one you hate the most or just a character that you think of the most when you think of this episode i really liked professor elm he stood out to me because he's quite different to professor oak and seems a lot more well developed than him already he seems a lot more like an actual fanatic about research like he's got a a pile of books that he's done and he was a student of professor oak but also he wants to be better than professor oak and that's quite good compared to what we got from professor oak which is he has a lab all that professor oak just go here's your pokedex here's your pokemon off you go he didn't really have any backstory or experience of sorts to show off well his backstory was that he's gary's grandfather Apart from that, nothing really. Who was your standout character? My standout character is Totodile because he's just cute and waddly and just loves to bite things. It's the first Pokemon we see from this new season. And Ahem. Mm-hmm. Suicune. Apart from Suicune, Suicune doesn't count because it was glowy and not there. Suicune was there though. It wasn't the focal point of the episode though, which was Totodile and it's cute. But Suicune was there first. Okay, fine. It's the first Pokemon that the episode's focused about. So we've got a little excitable little crocodile and he's so cute and I love him. And that leads into my favourite thing, which is just that entire scene with Team Rocket when they're doing their thing and Totodile's just attached to Jesse's hair. I love it. Totodile was just my favourite thing overall because he was too cute and adorable. I really like the sounds he makes. The very Pokemon. Instead of just saying Toto, he makes proper sounds. He's just so cute and just, I don't know, it's the way he just like wiggles his feet and runs around and stuff. He's adorable. And he looks a little chubby, which is cool. He's got no neck like all reptiles, like all like crocodiles that just don't have necks. He's probably the cutest crocodile I've seen. He's also like the best of that evolution, apart from maybe the third one. The second one's a bit weird, but the third one's kind of cool as well. So, next question, filler or not? I say that it's not filler, because it introduced some new characters like Professor Elm and Professor Elm. (laughs) But Professor Elm's going to be coming back a lot, so I think it's going to be important. 
I've got a note actually later on that says the only new character in in this episode is Professor Elm. It has some new starter Pokemon that it shows us as well. Yeah, we see two of them when we get shown the third one. I've got this down as it's kind of filler, because apart from Ash registering in the Johto League, nothing else important happens. We need to meet Professor Elm. Yeah, but we, I, I'm not sure if he comes back or not. I don't know. I hope he does. He just felt very person of the episode, like person of the week. So for me, it felt like filler. But he's a professor. He's better than Professor Oak, yes, but it didn't feel like enough happened. And Pokemon has a habit of doing this where they'll just add just enough into an episode to make it not filler. But it is essentially just filler. If Ash just calls back to Professor Oak every time, I'll be really annoyed. Because Professor Oak's on a whole other island. He's not really that accessible. He's to the east. Because Johto is like to, just to the west of, of Kanto. Even though it's a whole new region. It's a whole new world to see. Overall thoughts? It felt like just a standard episode of Pokemon, but that's fine because I usually like them. I said it felt quite weak as a beginning episode for Johto. There was generic Team Rocket stuff. There was over-the-top calling out all the Pokemon to attack at once. We got some nice Team Rocket bits and like the Pokemon was quite nice, but it just felt like another episode. It didn't feel like the start of an adventure. One thing I did like, though, was that it wasn't just that they stumbled across the plot and did it. Because they start talking about how they can empathise with the victim that's had their Pokemon kidnapped. Because they've had the new starter Pokemon themselves. Which shows that they have actual character. Which is nice. It's a good change to just, we're here and we're going to help. It's, we're going to help because we can understand how it feels. Yeah, this felt more justified than something else. Say like, what, there's some Pokemon that have been hurt? Let's be doctors for a day. At least this was, we're Pokemon trainers. We understand the importance of getting your first Pokemon. So we're going to use the experience we have of being Pokemon trainers to try and catch the people who have stole this Pokemon. Yeah, I liked it as a first episode. The fact that the Pokemon was stolen and then Ash didn't immediately go, it's Team Rocket. It's going to be Team Rocket. Who else would it be? They've followed me around from like episode two up to now. They're not good at spotting trends. Anything else or shall we move on? I think we can move on. We can move on. It's a whole new episode. Next up is Enter Flamedramon. A few years after the events of the first adventure, TK is starting his first day at his new school. On his way there, he meets Yoli, Cody and Davis. Ty, who has wound up in the digital world, emails everyone asking them to come to the digital world. While he is there, he finds an egg and tries to pick it up, and in the process releases three digivices that all go to the new kids. Davis goes with TK and Kari into the digital world to find Ty. When they do, Davis picks up the egg and releases Vemon, who evolves into Flamedramon and battles a monochromon who has been caught with a dark ring. It starts off with a glimpse of Evil Dude, who is evil. He's the Digimon Emperor, and Gatamon's running away. But it starts off with something else before that. Does it? It starts off with a picture, the, the, the picture they took at the end of Adventure. Oh, I didn't get this bit. It wasn't on the DVD. It's got the photo of like Andromon and everybody, and that's there. And then TK's doing a voiceover saying how everybody's like at high school and everything and they're all doing their own thing and Sora's become a tennis player, etc, etc, etc. Then we get the new opening. Like that's all before the actual like opening titles. And then I've got a note that I get really nitpicky, by the way, in these notes. So I'm watching the new opening and I've noticed that there's a bit where they're showing the Digimon and their evolutions and they've literally got a still image of the rookie, say like Armadillomon, and then they overlay it with some cheap bit of cg light flare or something and then they cut to a shot of an ev- one of the revolutions mm-hmm. somebody told them we need to have a little sequence of them evolving 
What do we do? Okay, what I'll do is I'll get this this still image of Armadillamon. Okay, what about the background? Just leave it black. Just leave it pure black. Okay, so what do we do now? Warp them around. No, just leave it there. Don't let. Don't make them move. I'm going to get this CGI lens flare and just have it flare up from the bottom of the screen. Okay, then what? Do we transition? No, just hard cut to the evolution. Oh, okay. That's a weird evolution sequence. Just a black screen with just a picture of the Digimon and then a flash and then Digmon. I can already see where they're starting to cut down these corners and make it cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. Yeah, I noticed some weird animation decisions as well, but we'll get to those. And this is when it starts. And then we've got Run For Your Life. It's the evil Digimon Emperor. Run For Your Life. It's the exposition. Says Gazimon. And I'm like, this is weird. Is it like the Wicked Witch of the West and the Good Witch of the East? Is it like a good Digimon Emperor? Do we need to be told that he's evil? He doesn't need that qualifier unless there's another one. Ooh, maybe there is another one. Quick, go over there. It's the good Digimon Emperor. Well, no, because you wouldn't have to run away from the good one. No, they run towards the good Digimon Emperor. The good Digimon Emperor has candy. It's like saying, if I only had one cat, I'd be like, oh, that's my black cat. Like, why are you calling him black cat? You haven't got another one. Because if I was like, oh, it's my black cat, but I've also got a calico cat. Like, that makes sense because there's another version of it which needs that qualifier. So why do they need to say that he's the evil Digimon Emperor? But we all know the answer to that, kids. Exposition. Yeah, exposition. Yeah, so that's my little rant. Followed immediately by my second rant of, he cracks his whip and black rings fly out from the ground and all the whip and then fly into the air. Mm -hmm. That's where they come from. That happens, yes. But like, wouldn't they come from somewhere they probably came from behind what he was standing on. No, it came from the floor and all the whip. He could be standing on a ridge. No, he stood like, you see his feet, he stood like on the floor, but he's stood there and he cracks his whip and then from where the whip touches the floor, black rings come out. Yeah, but if you're looking at a hill, you can't see the thing that's behind the hill come from the hill. He's just on flat ground. He could be on a ridge, Sam. You don't know that. No, I saw he was on the ground. He was on the flat ground. He was there cracking his whip at the ground. There I was no gap behind him. It could just be a little mound that he stood on. Okay, fine. Okay, yeah, okay. It's 2D, Sam. They can't show 3D depth of the mound very well. You can't see it sloping away from you and then back down. I'm starting to get warm. I'm going to just move on from this little bit because I don't have a defense to that. But yeah, so these rings fly around and they, well, we see the dark rings doing their thing, which is they latch themselves around a Digimon and then their eyes turn red and they're essentially being controlled, like they're brainwashed, which is quite an interesting concept because we had dark gears, which basically made them go mad. But this is more like they become puppets for a purpose. It's just a more refined version of the gears. But we also see Gatomon, and then we see a Unimon, I think it is, going at her. And then this is when it cuts to TK, as TK is leaving for school. And his mum's writing about toilet paper. And also they have lumpy oatmeal, because it's food, and we can't have good food in Digimon. TK leaves for school, the lift arrives, the doors open, he sees two kids, and immediately starts telling them all about himself. How he's just moved here, and he's in this class, etc, etc. I'm like, TK, don't info dump these kids who are just in the lift. It feels really clunky because it, it's not like a natural conversation, if you know what I mean. Doors wouldn't open to a lift and you see two kids and go, Hi, my name's TK. I go to this school and this school. And then the kids are like, My name is Yoli, which is not a real name. <laughs> Would you like to come to school with us? It takes 12.3 minutes to get there. It's like, Yoli, stop. Okay, your name's not a real name. This is not a real thing. People don't do this. You can tell with the writing they're trying to push the Izzy roll onto her. Yeah, already. And then there's Cody. Does Cody say anything else after this? 
He just says, I'm Cody or something like that. I can't think of anything else important that he says throughout the whole episode. Apart from things to do with Yoli being a computer whiz kid because she's Izzy. I'm hoping that my mind changes on him because I can't. I, I don't like him. You can't just judge him already. I already can and I will. <laughs> We're just going off this episode. After this episode, Cody's not done anything, so he's innocent. He stood there with a dumb haircut. Yeah, the bowl cut is dumb. But Yoli has purple hair and that's really cool. Yeah, it is. I'm, I'm okay with that. What I don't care for is... It takes 12.3 minutes to get to the score from here without any wind. I'm like, no, Yoli, no. No, I get they want you to be intelligent, but no. Also, okay, what kind of name is Yoli? Yoli, hee-hoo. That's the kind of name it is, apparently. Okay. But yeah, apparently they're at school. They're outside the school and Cody is asking Yoli to help fix his computer after school. Because she's good with computers. They're basically going, guys, she's the smart one this time around. And then TK looks at a group of kids playing soccer and he sees Ty, but it's not Ty. But he's like, oh my god, that one looks like Ty. He doesn't look like Ty at all. He looks nothing like Ty. Like, nothing about him is the same as Ty. He's wearing goggles. His hair's smaller. He is smaller. His outfit doesn't even match what Ty wore. It was a sunny day. TK probably had heat stroke. Okay, I believe that. After the 12-minute walk they just had in the sun. 12.3-minute walk. Oh, sorry, my mistake. Also, what's point three? Is that 12 minutes and 25 seconds? Nope. It's 12 minutes and 18 seconds. Did you actually do the math? Yeah. Because it sounds like something you would actually do, because this seems like a you thing. I just did it in my head. It's 12 minutes and 18 seconds. I'm not going to try and prove you wrong, because I believe you, because this is your sort of stuff. It's simple mental maths. Yes, I know, but I'm not bothered by that. You divide 60 by 10 and times by 3 and you get 18 seconds. I'm too busy distracted by TK thinking Davis is tired. But he throws the ball at him quite aggressively. Like, it's not just the here at the ball, like, take the ball! Oh, okay, okay. I wish he'd aimed at Davis' face, though. It's also weird because one of the background characters shouts pass it to Davis, and it's the same voice actor who plays Ty. So it sounds like Ty is saying pass it to Davis. Maybe it is Ty. No, he's not in that school. Could be him still. So then we see Kari for a moment and I like Kari. I like her outfit. It's super 90s. I said that I have a cosplay of Kari's outfit from this season. Yeah, it's cool. It's like super 90s. It's got like the sleeves that aren't actually part of the top, but she's wearing them. She just has really long gloves that she wears all the time. Oh yeah, they're long, long gloves. That makes a lot more sense than sleeves that are detached she also has like high-waisted yellow shorts and then she's got like the camera in a weird case around her neck this makes me happy and lara j miller is also kari who is brilliant and the shoes are cool pink shoes are cool and then we see agumon for some reason falling to the floor and calling for ty even though there's like nothing really around him there's just a dark ring floating near him but it's not like lots of them. He's probably tired and hungry. Probably. And that's when Ty's digivice goes off. And this is when I start wondering, didn't the gate close? Are they just not going to mention how it's open now? They, they never mention it. And then there's also the bits where like later, apparently Izzy can find the gate to the digital world. And there's like just basically like a, a sign that says whether it's open or closed. Pretty much. We don't need to know how it's open again. It just is. Because the series needs to happen. I have complaints about the next scene, which is when TK gets introduced. First of all, the, the teacher's voice actor is just really bad. He's so monotonous and boring. That's what teachers are supposed to be like. But he has a line where when you listen to it, you can tell that he's not read the line, but he's reading it as he speaks. And then he pauses to like go to the next line below it because he says, 
Please take a seat next to the girl with the camera around her neck. But the word neck is also cut short, like you don't hear the folk sound of it. And you can tell that they've edited out, like they, they've cut it in such a way that like it, you can just hear it. You're being so nitpicky. I am because this is garbage. What is this? There's no continuity. It's time has passed and now things are like this now. And this is okay. And this makes sense in this world. Yeah, that's a genuine complaint. But just complaining because they cut out the k- sound in neck is a bit nitpicky. And I will pick these nits until there's none left. One thing I don't like is how TK says that the teacher looks like Ogamon when he looks nothing like Ogamon because Ogamon's big and green and has horns and a giant spiked club. He's not even like bad looking generic. He's generic, good looking generic. He's just a man. He's a man that doesn't look like an ogre. If there was grounds to call him that, I can understand, but there isn't a reason to call him Ogamon. He just says it for no reason, and Kari's like, haha, it's so funny. But it's not funny, Kari. I can't think of a single Digimon that actually looks like that man. He's just a man. <laughs> but then Davis just makes it worse by getting jealous, even though he isn't going out with Kari or anything. But it's my girl. My girl, my girl, talking about my girl, my We girl. find a bunch of the kids' Digimon who are being attacked by Snimon, Snimon, which they could probably defeat by now because they defeated Shellmon with just Ogumon, so it's all eight of them. Plus they weren't flying against a flying Digimon. All I'm saying is they all looked kinda of defenseless. I don't know why they couldn't just fight. I feel like they'd be able to fight a single champion. Well there's probably more than just a Sneemon around. Yeah, but we don't see that, so we don't see that, so <laughs> What, don't you have a response to that and you're just being like petty? They could have been running all day. Just all day, just constantly running. There's a lot of running in this show. I know what you mean, though. There's probably, like, just loads of dark rings flying around them and everything, so they've got to keep going. It's a bit like Pikachu in, in the, the Pokemon movie. Ty shows up. Yeah, Ty is now there. But that doesn't make sense, because the gate closed and he can't open it. But he can. Argumon says that he can't Digivolve, which, okay, is kind of an interesting mechanic, so now they can't use basic evolution. So it's understandable as to why the Emperor can do what he wants if he's able to stop the most powerful Digimon in, in the world from evolving. So then Ty sends a message to the kids saying that they need to come to the digital world. Wait, about these messages, though. Are they written in Comic Sans? Yes, <laughs> they're written in Comic Sans. It looks awful. <laughs> Yes, it does. Why did they use Comic Sans? Because funny, get with the youths. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. It's so bad. Why did they use it? You're asking me like I have answers to this. I don't. I have more questions. Like, why did Yoli get the email when it says it comes from Tai Kamiya? And then she's like, oh, someone in my class, Kari, has the last name Kamiya. It's probably for her. Because she's on Izzy's computer. There, I solved it. Is she though? Because Izzy's not there. Izzy's head of the computer lab and probably stayed logged in. That's implying a lot of stuff. But it makes sense. He says that he he has to come and use it because his laptop died as he was sending a response. So he was on his laptop. He wasn't on desktop. So why she got the email? Because he couldn't accidentally send it to her. Because Yoli is spelled slightly different to Kari. I need to look at what the email actually said because I'm not even sure who we sent it to anymore. <laughs> Maybe Yoli's just a master hacker. Maybe Kari stayed logged in. Maybe it just it just doesn't make sense why she gets it. She gets it for convenience's sake. What I don't understand is why she then speaks all of her thoughts out loud to the computer. Well, Ty does it later on as well. Like when he's in a cave. He, he talks about the email he receives even though no one else is there. 
There's a whole lot of people just talking to themselves. It's because we need the exposition and it's really clunky and awkward. TK Kari in the shoe room thing that Japanese schools have. Which are great. I wish I wish I could wear like indoor shoes around school. That would be nice. Davis storms in asking TK how he knows Kari and he gets really mad and he gets super possessive of Kari and like he keeps calling her my girl and stuff. And he's gross. And I hate him and he needs to go away now. They're literally just friends talking to each other. And there's this younger kid who's like, mine, me, my person, mine. What are you doing talking to my person? It's like, go away, you annoying little child. Is Davis actually younger? He's in the same class. I hate Davis. Yeah, Cody's kind of okay because he doesn't say anything really. Davis is just more like, my things. These are all my things. I get them now. I I get the goggles. I get the sister. I get everything. Meh. He's not doing it out of evilness no he's just a needy little brat he's not needy he just sort of gets it all thrust upon him and he has to roll with it like kari well he doesn't get kari thrust upon him that's like the only aspect of him that really annoys me in this episode was his weird thing with kari but he's also like oh i want to go to the digital world i have problems with that later we'll talk about that after as well but yeah he's arguing with tk and kari and then yoli appears and she's printed out the email (laughs) bless her she couldn't just forward it to kari no she's gotta go and find her which is a lot quicker i printed the entire email which is like two sentences on an a4 sheet of paper which would have taken so much more time just she's there in the computer room with that and she's like i've got to go and show kari this it's urgent kari have a d terminal yes why didn't the message go to a d terminal because yoli has to be there for some reason Yoli has to see it on the computer. She has to print out that Comic Sans email in the largest font she could. It needs to be big to show how urgent it is. It's the bigger the font, the more urgent the message. You need to get the ratio of font to urgency just right. Otherwise the show just crumbles. So they get that and they decide to run to the computer room. And that's when they meet Izzy and then Yoli's like, Oh my god, it's Izzy, it's the ex-president of the computer club and stuff. So they go and send Ty an email. And Ty's just in a cave talking to himself about how Izzy's coming with TK and Kari. I'm like, who is he talking to, though? Because Agumon's far away looking at an egg. But he's just like, I'll say the things that are happening because we have to fill the lip flaps. And then we get the next bit, which is super clunky. Because Yoli asks what the digital world is. And then asks if it's some kind of amusement park. Davis then says that Ty talked to him about it at some point, saying it was full of something called Digimon. Okay, so what you're saying is Ty's spoken to you, and you look up to Ty. He's talking about an alternate world full of digital monsters, but somehow you can't remember the details when you remember is Oh, it's just some place full of things called Digimon. I'm sure if Ty was going to talk to you about the digital world, he would have mentioned the fact it's an alternate world with monsters in. But no, Davis doesn't pick up the actual bits of information. He's just like, oh, they had Digimon or something in there. Okay, and then Yoli says, I think we should all go to the digital world. Let's all go there. Okay, you don't even know what it is yet. Yoli, okay, it might be some sort of death cult, but you're like, let's go there. She doesn't know what it is, but she's now decided that herself, this guy called Davis, who she barely knows, TK, who she met this morning, who spoke at her, Kari, who she vaguely knows of because she knows someone in her class has got the last name, and Izzy, the former computer club leader, should all go to a place she doesn't really know about. And now Cody's there. Yoli knows Davis because they're in the same class vaguely but like they're not friends yeah but they know each other you know people that are in your class i don't know why cody turns up he just stands around and is cody so i can't really justify why he just turns up because he's friends with yoli i guess and it's some sort of lunch break 
maybe. And why she wants everyone to go there is because she just said that it's a theme park. She just wants to hang out with the classmates at a theme park. At maybe a theme park. She doesn't know what it is. She thinks it's a theme park. Yeah, but she hasn't had it confirmed yet. It doesn't need to be confirmed for her to want to take everyone to a theme park. No, but she's going, oh, we should all go there. Like, she's like, I've just decided we should all go to the digital world. I'm like, yeah, you don't know what it is. What if it's a medical center? Okay, let's all go there now. But she thinks it's a theme park. No, she asks if it is a theme park. She doesn't confirm that it's a theme park. She doesn't know what it is. <laughs> she thinks it's a theme park. But she hasn't confirmed it. Why is she going, oh, we should all go there now? I'm like, but you don't know what it is. Just ask. She thinks it's a theme park. I feel like we're going around in circles here. We are. You're saying she thinks it's a theme park. I'm like, yes, I understand she thinks it's a theme park. But has, why doesn't she go, is it a theme park? They can go, no. She can go, okay. She asked and then immediately said that they should all go there before waiting for an answer. She can be excited about things. Enough to decide that they're all going there now, even though she doesn't know what it is. Did she mean right now? Yes, she said that they should all go there. That doesn't mean right now. No, she meant right now. Not necessarily. No, she said let's all go there now. Like, she said let's go to the digital world. Did she actually say now? She wants to go there, like, now. Does she say now? Vaguely, maybe? I don't know. She doesn't. Okay, but I'm still saying she decides she wants to go to a place she doesn't know what it is. Well, that's fine. It's not. It is. It's just clunky and messy. And then it's got the next bit. Ty is in a cave. There's an egg. Ty touches the egg. And then three blobs come out of the egg. Well, the egg disappears and becomes three blobs of light that go out of a hole in the ceiling of the cave. Like, there's just a hole. There can be a hole, Sam. But why? It's literally there for plot convenience. It's entirely allowed. Yeah, but it's just a plot convenient hole, okay? Fine, it's a plot hole. It can be there. But it just doesn't make sense. Like, he's touching an egg, and now the egg has turned into three blobs of light, which have gone out of a hole that's there on purpose. The egg's also there later, but somehow touching these eggs has given three kids digivices. Because they're the new kids. Actually, I've thought of a quite a good defence to that, is Ty touches the egg... And that's when the digital world realises that he's not able to use the egg. So that's when it spawns three digivices and gives them to three kids. Did it just pick the three closest kids to the computer then? Yes, I don't know. Is there no other reason? Is it just they were closest? I'm going to assume that it's because they were like in close proximity to the other Digidestined. There's no actual reason for it to be those three. It's just they were there. Maybe like they show traits of the crests. Because obviously if Ty can't use the egg of courage, they've got to find someone that can. So obviously it, it creates these three and finds three kids who have these traits, which just so happen to be these other kids around them. How convenient. Well, yeah, it's going to be very convenient that a guy touches an egg and suddenly there are three new kids. But yeah, that entire scene's weird. But then Izzy says that they're going to go to the digital world and Davis says that he's going with them. I said it two minutes ago. They don't know what it is. So don't barge into it. They don't know what it is, but they want to go there so badly. It's better than school, whatever it is. School's finished. Is it? Is this not a lunch break? I don't know anymore. Nah, Cody asked Yoli to come to his house after school. This isn't Cody's house. I am well aware of it, Stevie. It's the computer room. I'm saying Cody asked Yoli after school to go to his house to fix the computer. He turns up asking Yoli if she is going to come with him to his house. So I'm assuming it's after school. Fine. It can be after school. It makes no difference. But also, why do they all want to go to this digital world? 
Wouldn't you want to go to the digital world? Not if I don't know what it is. What happens if it's just a hole in the ground? <laughs> then you've been to a hole in the ground and then you go home. Someone they don't really know. Obviously, Davis knows Ty a little bit. Yoli doesn't know Ty. Cody doesn't know Ty. But, like, they vaguely know these people. Their friend has messaged them saying that they're in danger. And, like, they they need to come to this place. And they're like, we're going to come along too. And I'm like, nah, this is our own drama you don't need to get involved in. Davis wants to get involved because... TK's making a move on his girl. Yoli's just hyperactive and wants to get involved in everything, apparently. And Cody's just having a good time enjoying himself. Yeah, Cody just follows Yoli around and is being Cody. This episode's a clunky mess. Well aware of it. I didn't think it was that clunky. I do have good things to say about this episode later on. Now they're in the Digi world. But they play Here We Go for a little moment, which is great. Yay, new music. Which I'm quite happy for. One of the good things about this episode is we hear that and we hear Run Around as well. Two very good bits of music from Digimon. If not lyrical genius. They're in the digital world. And Davis has new clothes. For no reason. TK and Kari don't get new clothes. No, but they don't even acknowledge Davis's new clothes. Davis doesn't acknowledge his new clothes. He goes, oh, I've got some new clothes. Or something like that. I like that his new clothes has washing up gloves though. Oh yeah, like full like yellow gloves. Very practical for when he's washing up. This is no reason for them to have new clothes, but this has happened and it never gets mentioned in the episode once Davis says that one line. Never gets brought up again, it's just a thing that happens. I'm like, okay, fine. So we've got eggs that create digivices and we've got rings and we've got okay, great. This is just so that they're always wearing the same thing in the digital world. Yeah, it is actually. It's so they can like just recycle footage. So we see the Digimon Emperor who's being evil and stuff. But then we also see a vending machine and a bunch of Numamon come flying out past Davis. And I'm like, how is Davis not freaking out? I mean, I know they're Numamon, but I would freak out because this is like the first time he's seen a creature like that. He doesn't really freak out at it. Well, they do all just run past him. Yeah, but he's still looking at sludge creatures. I'd still be like, what is that thing? It came out of a vending. What's going on? I have many questions right now. Well, Davis is Davis and you are Sam. So they meet up with Ty. Kari sees Gatamon's got no tower ring and asks Gatamon what's up. Gatamon's like, yeah, it got destroyed by a Unimon and we can't evolve and stuff. Plot. Davis shows Gatamon his Digivice and she says he's working for the Emperor because they've got similar Digivices. And I don't think we see the Emperor's Digivice in this episode. We do. We do? We see it when Ty's like, why can't you Digivolve? And the Emperor's like, haha, I'm going to exposition to myself why he can't Digivolve. Probably writing notes at that time. Yeah, I like the Emperor's Digivice. It's quite nice looking. Like, being all black. Personally, I think that the D3s look like potatoes. Like, in the animation and stuff, in some shots, they just look like potatoes. And they also change size a lot as well. Like, sometimes they're holding them and they look like the size of the small of their hand. And then in another scene, it's just like a whole, like, I mean, it's almost like an iPhone 6 size just slab of potato. They just get bigger on occasion. So Davis shows Gatamon his Digivice. She says it looks like the Emperor's one, so he's working for the Emperor. He's like, obviously I'm not because I have no idea what's going on. And I've got a note that says Gatamon seems more childish in this season for some reason. Like when she's been talking, she just seems a lot more childish. She hasn't got that head that she had when we first met her and stuff. She's been the exposition machine so far. She's not really done much else. Then Yoli's grilling Izzy on where the others went because they saw a flash of light and now the kids are gone, but they didn't see them leave the room. And then cuts back to the other kids and Gatamon's telling everybody about the Emperor. And there's also a dark ring floating above them, which is now also a camera somehow. They could do different things. I'll let that happen, maybe. We've had eggs that create devices and stuff. It's all just 
Digiworld weirdness. It's all clunky weird stuff. It doesn't make sense. Digiworld weirdness. Why was there a vending machine in the forest? It doesn't matter. There's weirdness on purpose like that. And then there's just, we're not sure how to write this together. Let's throw a lot of things. Because a lot of things have been thrown at us in this first episode. We could talk about that later. But yeah, so the Emperor decides to summon a, a Digimon to destroy them. And he's got cages full of controlled Digimon. And it's kind of terrifying. It's this long corridor with lights and the lights light up next to Monochromon's cage. And that raises him up. And he goes out and he sets off to try and kill the kids. And the kids are looking at the egg. And someone says it looks like a deflated beach ball. I'm like, okay, but it doesn't. Like, it doesn't look like a deflated beach ball at all. And apparently it's also heavier than Ty's mum's cooking. That got a laugh out of me. Heavier than the meatloaf, because, you know, women can't cook in the Jijimon world. So Tiko tries to lift the egg, and it doesn't work. And then Kari tries to lift it, and doesn't work, because apparently it takes a woman's touch. And then TK's being an ass and says that apparently it's a good thing we don't have a woman around. I'm like, mm, TK, this isn't like you. You don't normally insult Kari for no reason. Well, it's not really an insult. It's just a fact. She's still a girl. She's not a woman. To me, it sounds like a jab at her for no reason. And then we get Davis, who wants to pick it up anyway. And then there's some music playing, but the music sounds really warped for some reason. A couple times in this episode, we get the music playing in the background. It sounds like it's going ever so slightly off key as it's playing. I didn't notice anything. But that's when we get Vimon appearing under the egg and he's running around all excited. And he's actually kind of cute in this episode. He's fun. He's cute. So then Monochromon appears in the hole above the cave. So I guess there was a reason for the hole in the cave. It's a double-edged plot hole. So he appears and the kids run off. And then Vimon tells Davis to open the Digi Egg. And I'm like, you have to open it? Surely you activate it. You open its power. Open the egg sounds weird. I think it's because I've never heard someone tell you to open the egg. Open the egg makes more sense than unleash the egg. Unleash the egg. They run off to like a cliff thing and they all slide down it. Then Monochromon appears at the top of it. But Kari's hurt her ankle like all girls in anime do because they have to be delicate and fragile and need a tough man to save them. The shot from Monochromon makes no sense. He's at the top of a cliff. But no, he could be on a hill. It could slope. You can't tell. You don't know. He's on top of the cliff. He shoots a fireball horizontally. Kari is below the level of the cliff. <laughs> he could be stood like at an angle. You can't tell perspectives in 2D. It doesn't work here, Sam. Here it is just wrong. <laughs> I'm trying to be petty and it's failing miserably. It's not the case of Kari standing on a ridge. <laughs> She's quite clearly on a large flat plane that's below the cliff. I guess gravity would pull it down. Not really, it's fire. Fire doesn't really adhere to gravity. If fire moved down because of gravity, you'd have a puddle of fire on the floor. You do kind of get that. Although I've never set things on fire to see if they puddle on the floor. That's more the, the material itself on the floor, not the actual flame. I'm guessing Gatamon shoved Kari out the way. All I know is Kari's got a hurt leg because if anyone's going to hurt themselves, it would be the girl because girl. I can't move my ankle. I'm pretty sure even Misty's hurt her ankle at some point. Oh, anime girls with your weak ankles and you're running away from things. And then Monochromon's just like, hey, I'm going to run past all the people close by and go for the girl that's fallen over for some reason. So Davis needs to activate the Crest of Courage and he just holds up the egg and shouts, Digi Armor Energize. He needs to activate the Digi Egg of Courage. What did I say? You said the Crest of Courage. Sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he has to activate the egg and he holds it up and says, Digi Armor Energize. I'm like, when did you learn this phrase? It was in his heart all along. 
it happens in lots of shows where like they get a new power and then they suddenly do the thing to activate it and you're like how would you know this information did it come with like instructions on the back of it he got an email he read it as he was running down the tunnel plus he somehow came out way far behind everyone else is he that slow if he's that slow why is he on the soccer team because he's a powerhouse i don't know i don't know sports he sucks they all managed to get down to the bottom of the cliff safely before he even came out the tunnel so yeah, Vimon Digiama Digivolves into Flamedramon. Into stretched Vimon with egg hands. Flamedramon's cool. It's okay, yeah. It's just Vimon stretched out with weird egg shapes on him. It's like fire armor. It's egg shaped though. They have spikes coming out of them. His arms are eggs. His feet are half eggs. They look like just bits of plate armor. They're egg shaped. And that's fine. It looks sleek. It looks egg-shaped. I like Flamedramon's design. He's a cool Digimon, which is ironic because he's a fire one. At least out of the ones we see this season, he's probably one of the better ones. He's also quite simple, though, compared to some of the other ones. He's, he's real simple, but it's like it's good simple. Yeah, it's not a dramatic change. It's just Vimon got taller and put on fire armor. So yeah, Vimon evolves into Flamedramon, and the Emperor tells us, for, I think it's the third time now, how they can't evolve. He sort of says, like, hmm, they can digivolve, that's resourceful. And then Run Around starts playing. You run around, I run, run around, we, we all run, run around, run, 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 run around. around. The fight's quite good, it's kind of cool. And then he destroys the Dark Ring. It's the length of Averse and Chorus, which is like 40 seconds, maybe? It's just a lot of, like, jumping around off of trees and shooting fireballs. And then a green Digimon is talking to the Emperor. We don't see much of Wormmon. We just get a little glimpse. But then, yeah, he's talking to the Emperor, and I've got another note that the music sounds weird here as well. It just sounds really weird. Oh, and Kari's ankle is fine now, by the way. Oh, it is, isn't it? Like, she doesn't go, oh, I'm going to limp along now or something, or I need help. She's just fine. She's quite happily just walked over to the monochrome one and started petting it. I can't move my ankle. It lasted for two seconds. But yeah, Ty gives Davis the goggles because Davis needs this, apparently. Ty says that the leader of the Digidestined need to have goggles, gives them to Davis, I get mad. Why is he the leader? No, Sam, what it is, is that the Digidestined works like a monarchy, so Davis is just a figurehead. Okay, but wouldn't Kari be the next one in line? No, because it's not siblings. Oh, but also, Kari can't be leader because her ankles are too weak. <laughs> You need some strong ankles to be uh, the leader. No, you have to be able to play football in order to be the figurehead. Well, look at Davis's ankles. He kicks a ball. He's he's got very strong ankles. (laughs) Exactly. I'm saying that's how you find out if you're a leader of the Digidestined. You've got to find out how how good your ankles are. Exactly. The thing that annoyed me more is Agumon saying how he thinks that everyone will be fine because Davis and Viamon are around to sort it out. There's two of them. (laughs) There's two. And one of them's just a dude. Just a dude. You've seen him in one fight, and already you're like, you've got this. You could defeat the Digimon Emperor single-handedly. He's got the fight unless another Digimon appears at the same time, in which case he's immediately outnumbered. Oh, Okumon, you are so wrong. So the kids return through a TV into the real world, and then land on Izzy, Yoli, and Cody, who... They were eating brownies. Wait, wait. Wait, wait. Cody's mum was going to bake the brownies for Yoli fixing the computer. So do they go back to Cody's house, fix the computer, and then come back to school for no reason? Cody did. He called his mum at one point saying that they're staying for some reason because they've got stuff to do in the computer lab. So she just brought the brownies round. No, Cody went home and got them. So she got the brownies and she didn't even fix the computer. 
No, if he stayed there, he he said he'll come and get the, the brownies and bring them back to the lab. No, I mean, the brownies were supposed to be a reward for her going and fixing his computer. Yeah, but she'd already made them. Yeah, but it's not fair. She didn't fix the computer, she shouldn't get the brownies. Okay, but there are more important things like an alternate world full of monsters that they've got to deal with. I'm, I'm pretty sure the brownies are, are okay. She's being rewarded for not doing the work. I don't care. All of a sudden, you don't care. Okay, episode one, I don't care. You cared so much when the Digimon Emperor was standing on a ridge. But now when Yoli gets rewarded for doing nothing whatsoever, you don't care. I think it's just because like they were made for the kids to eat. Why do they need to stay at the lab to eat the brownies? I don't know. You'd think that because Izzy saw the kids go into the computer, he knows that they've got to come out there. But he's like, instead, let's sit right in front of it like a troll. You guys can't come out, but look at these brownies we're eating. Mmm, so good. Delicious. And that's where it ends, yeah. Looking at Digimon Emperor, being all like, oh no, there's an evil threat now. And it's like, yay. Yeah, he's broody. So, who is your standout character? I said TK, because he's quite a different character from what he was in the first series. He already seems... A lot different. Much more mature and less whiny. But out of everybody, he seems, like, quite pleasant. Like, when he's talking to Kari, they're genuinely just hanging out and having a laugh. Yeah, he just seems to be very comfortable. I know I I ragged on the whole exposition dump when the doors open, but he's just really eager to talk to people. Like, he just talks to Cody and, and, and Yoli. One of them has purple hair. The other one is there. Cody is there. Cody's entire character in this episode was Cody was here. Oh my god, I can just remember that puppet of Cody. Did you ever see that? No. Just Google Digimon Cody puppet. I just searched Digimon Cody puppet and I can't see it. Oh, there it is. There it is. It's just a dummy that looks like Cody. And if you click on that image, you can see related images and they're all just like... They're all just a little bit creepy. It's just Cody sat on various chairs. Oh, I don't like the one where his head's slightly tilted like he's staring at you. The back of the chair's got flowers on it. That one's creepy. Oh, it's upsetting. Somebody saw Cody. He was like, you know what? That guy needs a puppet. I I mean, I know he's pretty wooden, but still. I'm going to have to leave in this whole bit now just for that one joke. As people hear us rambling about an image they can't see. Cody is Puppet Mom. Yoli will be Machine Drum Mom because of calculating and stuff. Davis is... Metal Cedramon because dude bro. And that means that the Emperor is Piedmon because evil games. You did it. I did it. I'm quite impressed with that, actually. I mean, most of them don't work. Cody isn't even childish. We find out later when he's not really that childish. But we've learned nothing about him this episode. What we know about Cody, he's there. And his computer isn't working at the moment. What was your standout character? And if it's Cody, then you're lying. It's <laughs> If it's Cody, then you're lying. <laughs> Of all the characters, he was literally in the background in every opportunity. He's the opposite of a standout character. In every scene, he's always the person that's next to the person being spoken to. First time you see him, TK is talking to Yoli and Cody's like, I'm Cody as well. The next scene, like, I I suppose he's talking to Yoli then, but it's more about them all going to school. And then the other scene, he just walks in, he's like, remember the computer, Yoli? Yeah, my favourite thing's Vimon because I forgot how bouncy and hyper he is and he's just really excited to, to meet Davis. Wait, is that your fave thing or your standout character? So my standout character, yeah. My favourite thing is probably the battle with Monochromon in the music was good. The fight was short, but the music was good. I like the Digivolution animation. It's cool how it incorporates the past Digimon related to the crest into them. Yeah, it's also got like a black background and it's just them spinning. Yeah, but it's it's cool. I like seeing them and just be like, 
Oh, why did we have to let you go? Because we needed Davis. How do we top that last adventure? Okay, let's make it three kids. We've got Davis, who will be Matt and Ty together. So he's like, he likes his friends, but is also a go-getter. Oh, that sounds fun and cool and original. Let's put Izzy somewhere. Let's just make Izzy a girl. Okay, what should her name be? Oh, you'll work it out. What was that? Was that Yoli? Uh, yeah, that'll do. And then Cody. And they just ticked a box next to the name Cody. No more details. But Yoli doesn't even get Izzy's egg. No. Girls can't be smart. They can't be smart, but they can still be nerds. Yoli hasn't got the ankles for Izzy's egg. <laughs> now, Cody, that's a boy with some strong ankles. This isn't the dumbest. Doesn't really have knowledge. He's just a kid. Like, he's just there. Yeah, but look at those ankles. Those are some knowledgeable ankles. Those are some reliable ankles. We're getting ahead. That's next episode. Those are some lovely ankles. Those angles are so sincere. This is so dumb. To be fair, Kari does have light ankles if they're quite fragile. <laughs> this season is just, instead of crests, they have ankles. Flame Ramon, the ankles of current. This is so dumb. Digim ankles. Uh, filler or not filler? I say that it's not filler. Yeah, I say it's not filler because we meet, like, we have literally so much exposition dumped on us in this. So many new characters as well. And recurring characters that have changed. If you look at Pokemon, where they literally had Elm as the new one, and then this, four new people. But even then, the people that we do see from before are all different. Like, Izzy and Ty are older, and Kari and TK look a lot older as well, and they've got new outfits and everything. So, yeah, new people. So it's not filler, which we kind of expected with it being the first episode. Saying that, we didn't get, like, it was less filler than and Pokemon, which seemed fillerish. Overall thoughts? I enjoyed it overall. It wasn't as grand adventure as season one. Yeah, it wasn't as sudden. This felt like a, essentially like playing a, a video game, like playing VR or something. Also, Davis is garbage. Apart from the whole thing with Kari, I don't mind him that much so far. For me, it felt like they could probably have paced this in a different way and it would, it would have been a bit better. Like they, they shouldn't be afraid of cutting out lines and giving a bit more atmosphere and I, I don't know it just it, it felt really some of the wording felt a bit messy but obviously they had to match the lip flaps any more notes no i think i've mentioned everything cool now it's time for mono a mono where we attempt to compare these episodes so first of all what mons were new to us this time around so we have vmon he's blue he was like a hyper bouncy child who i, I think is great he's a dinosaur child to be honest, we don't really see him for that long. It's only like two minutes or something. Yeah, he's only in like the last five minutes of the episode. But like, yeah, he's he's V-Mon for a short amount of time and then he's Flame Drummond for a fair amount of time as well, so... Flame Drummond's cool, though. Yeah, I think we both agree that Flame Drummond's cool. Wormmon? Who's not said anything, really. We get one line of him. I really like Wormmon. I think he's quite cute. He's got some of the best armor evolutions that we don't ever see. I like his voice. Yeah, I like Wormon's voice. I don't know who voices him, but he's really cute. He's got like a kind of a sad voice. Like he look, he sounds constantly slightly sad. Pokemon, we've got Totodile. Totodile is the best. He's my favorite of the new monsters this week. He is my bitey son, and he is also great. He's your monster of the week, did you say? He definitely is. He's also mine. He's so cute. He's got a nice design as well. It's kind of simple. It's just blue with a little bit of like purpley red. It's a blue crocodile with a bit more dinosaur to him. And he acts adorable and looks adorable and sounds adorable. I just like everything about him so far. He's got like a little burst of energy. He's really fun. Cyndaquil? Also really cute. We only see him like briefly. But he's 
explodes into fire. It's like Pikachu, but less dramatic. I like Cyndaquil, little quiet one. Is he based on a mole? It's based on a hedgehog. Oh, of course. I think Cinderquill. The quill is to do with quills. And then there's Quillava, who's quills again, but with lava. And then there's Typhlosion, who's a typh and an explosion. Maybe it's, it's a hedgehog, but yeah, Cinderquill's cute. And it makes little squeaky noises. Then there's Chikorita. There's simple design, but for me, Chikorita's kind of bland. It's all one colour, apart from the dots around its neck and then a leaf on its head because it's a grass type. Yeah, it's just... Green on green. Chikorita's just a pale colour and then bits of green and it's just, yeah. Suicune, if you want to do Suicune. Uh, Suicune's a blue doggo. It's a glowy blue doggo. It's very fancy schmancy blue doggo. It's not my favourite of the legendary dogs. I think he looks very flat in the face. Who was your monster of the week and why? Totodile because he's amazing and adorable and likes biting things and makes good sounds. Mine was also Turtle. It spends most of the episode just hanging off of Jesse's hair, and I find it genuinely funny. Like, all the stuff that's going on, it's just a regular episode, and there's just this Totodile just quite content to just hang off, off her hair. And now we've got a new question specifically for you, Stevie. Who was worse, Ash or Davis? This week, it's going to be Davis for me. Yep, I've got the same. It's a bit closer for me than it is for you. The only real bit that put Davis below Ash for me was the whole thing with Kari. I'm guessing you have a million more reasons. Not really. I've got him calling Kari my girl and being all possessive of her. Him being given the goggles, which means he's the leader. Calling TK TJ for no reason and stuff. It's like, that joke's not really funny, but he's going to keep making it. And Ash was like kind of just his usual self this time. So it wasn't like he was the worst. Ash was pretty good this episode in terms of how Ash is. He didn't torture any of his Pokemon or release them for no reason. And he was pretty competent in battle because he basically cheated and let them all out at once. To be fair, though, he knows Team Rocket enough to be like, look, I know what's going to happen here. We might as well just get it done now. It was good to see him actually achieve his goal within an episode and just talk a bit about his roots, where he came from when he met up with Professor Elm. Just a nice little bit of conversation. So yeah, Davis was worse this week. Which storyline did you prefer? I preferred Pokemon because Digimon's was very empty. Just had lots of exposition, whereas Pokemon actually had the gang do some things. I preferred Digimon because it's like set up for the new arc. It gave us new characters, and even if they were a bit boring, it was also nice to see people like TK and Kari and Izzy and everyone who have aged and are now doing stuff. It felt like a real world as opposed to like Pokemon where this is like the next day from whatever he's doing and it's so many days since he started. Digimon's more like this new stuff's happening. It's been so many years since everything happened and the characters are still doing stuff. Like they're still in the world doing things, which is nice. There was a lot of standing around in Digimon. Yeah, there was a lot of just talking. And talking out loud to yourself for no reason, which just annoyed me. But yeah, I did I thought for setups for arcs I felt this one had more impact. But I liked Pokemon. It was fun. Yeah, I'm not saying that this isn't who gets the point. This is just which one did you prefer? Yeah, storyline-wise. I preferred Pokemon's story this time. Were there any notable similarities? Obviously, they're setting up a new adventure that everyone's going on. Yeah, just show us what the new objectives are. Here's the bad guy. Here's the league. I've got that there are returning characters, although in Pokemon, literally only one person's new, which is Elm. Everybody else are characters we've met before. You could say... Nurse Joy and Jenny, but they're kind of empty characters. Technically new, but not really, because they're identical to any previous incarnations of them. And then the new Mon is blue and has pointy teeth. Pointy teeth? V-Mon's got like a 
Snaggletooth, like a single tooth. Oh, so this is like a similarity in design. Yeah, and then got Totodar, which is also blue. I've got that there was some walking through the forest in both of them. There was. And also, it showed us some of the new starter monsters in both of the episodes. We had Vmon, and then we had the three Johto starters being introduced. I suppose you can call it that, yeah. It's just a lot of setup, basically. They're not exactly the most interesting episodes. It's literally just, let's go get ready for the next arc. Were there any notable differences? Digimon gave us an immediate threat, like where we had the Emperor, and whereas Pokemon was just... There's Team Rocket again over there. Like, they're not a threat anymore. They're an annoyance. They're not an annoyance. They're always welcome. I'm not saying they're not welcome. I'm saying that, like, for the story, they're they're a nuisance, and they always, like, cause the problems. Whereas in Digimon, it's, there's this new thing. It's a human that's corrupting the digital world this time, which is cool. Team Rocket are the sheep that walk in front of the car in the road and just slow you down for a little while. But eventually, you always get past them. Yeah, but they're not threatening. Sheep aren't threatening. Any more differences? Digimon seemed to exposition a lot more than Pokemon did. Oh yeah, uh, then again, to be fair, there's a lot more stuff that's happened and changed in Digimon as opposed to Pokemon where it's just new place. Yeah, but that's the difference. Like everything else is kind of the same. Anything else? Ash didn't get any new Pokemon, whereas Davis got his first Digimon. I expected Ash to get a starter in this episode, so it was quite a surprise when he didn't get one. I thought that was going to be his Totodile, but... I guess not. So yeah, there's another difference. No new monsters for Ash. Which episode do you think deserves the point and why? I think that Pokemon deserves the point. Me too, actually. So with this question, it's not which one was the best one, because like me, I thought Digimon was had a better storyline because it was better set up. But I think Pokemon deserves it because it had better stuff in it. It wasn't Adventure Starts Now like Digimon was, but we had Team Rocket, which were as fun as they always are. Totodile's really adorable. Even even the smaller moments, like Ash being all like, look out Johto League, I'm on my way. And then Brock being like, you haven't even registered yet. And then he's like, look out Johto League, I'm on my way to register. Stuff like that was quite funny. And then even the way Brock was acting to, to the Jenny and Nurse Joy, like, that was also kind of funny. He's much more romantic about it than he was. He's not rushing in and just going, <laughs> you girl. He's much more willing to help them. He wants to go and help them do things. Like he wants to go and find Nurse Joy to bring her back to the Pokemon Center. He wants to go and help Officer Jenny with the crime scene and stuff. There's some sort of actual strategy and thought to his advances now. So that means that it's 1-0 to Pokemon. Yes, it is. Administration across the nation. This is a theme song. It's not very long. First bit of administration is we've moved into administration. It's now near the end of the episode. Second bit is the tagline to administrations now. It's like, it's basically a, a segment where we get to talk about feedback or anyone, any Digimon and Pokemon related things we've done in the week or just anything you want to talk about in general. It's kind of a vague, loose section where we just get to talk about something related to the shows we can just have a chat not talking about a specific episode we're just talking about whatever is going on although stevie didn't want to do news so it's less news i mean i've got a bit of news but it kind of makes sense why it's news news is very limited we're never going to cover all of the digi news or all of the pokey news we're just going to talk about what interests us i just want to talk about how we've had try be released this last weekend in the uk and like, it's news, but it's also important because this is the first time we're legally able to watch Try, Chapter 1 at least. And it's also the first time we get to see the dub. And considering how we're on Chapter 4 and, and we're just, like, what, three days ago 
able to watch the first chapter legally. So I'm excited. So I've bought a copy of, of it. Well, I bought a couple of copies. People who I know used to watch Adventure are going to get DVDs posted through their letterbox with, just watch this, please. Just to support the like the official release of it and everything. Yeah, I'm curious to see what the dub's like. And also to go back and watch the first episode again. It was good. I, I quite enjoyed it. The characters were quite good. Matt sounded a bit weird. Matt sounded like it should have been TK, and TK could have been Matt. Like, his vocal range, considering what Matt was like in the first two seasons, his voice doesn't drop when he gets older. It goes upwards. It goes so upwards. But yeah, no, it's good. I mean, we didn't get it with Crunchyroll, but I understand that because we're like a tiny island nation. So it's nice to at least get a DVD, which is good, because it means we don't have to buy an American DVD player and stuff, or a region-free one. So yeah, we got Try. Yay, Digimon. I'm excited for that. Not really much Pokemon-wise that I've done this week. I played an hour of Pokemon Mystery Dungeon on the 3DS at some point. You can talk about something else, though. You can. I can talk about all sorts of stuff. About how you've managed to take a Pokemon and add Digimon elements to it. When did I do that? Seriously. I don't know what you're talking about. Two weeks ago, when you were drawing Pokemon like you did a Tarantrum as a Black Agumon. Oh, those things oh those things yeah you did a cubone as a greymon and a marowak as a metal greymon those are like old news now i did those for two days and then stopped doing them yeah but it's literally like it's it's what our show is it's those two things together you can't not talk about them basically what i did was found cartoon characters like pokemon or whatever, that looked kind of like Digimon, and then traced them and coloured them in with the Digimon colours. So you get some interesting meshes of Digimon and Pokemon designs. It's like there is a Cubone that's got Greymon colours, and Marowak that looks like Metal Greymon. Or there's Courage the Cowardly Dog is a Patamon or a Sukaimon. Yeah, just some dumb crossover drawings that I did. Are they on Twitter? On the on the Moncast Twitter? Oh, they're on my Tumblr. You should put some on the Moncast Twitter as well. I might just start tweeting my art from the Moncast Twitter. Speaking of art, another thing I want to talk about is Stevie showed me the artwork for the Season 2 logo today because originally we weren't going to have anything changed but Stevie's just been badass and I saw it today and I'm really excited for it. It looks really nice. Obviously, the Adventure Digivice has been replaced by the D3, and then the Pokeball's a different colour. But it's quite nice. I like it. It's good. You'll see it if you're if you're listening to this. Just probably look at whatever you're listening to this on, and it will be there in front of you. And it's quite cool looking. It's blue and orange, which are like my two favourite colours together. It's blue and gold. Blue and gold, then, because it's sassy. So yeah, we'll have a new logo and a new banner and stuff all going up on Facebook and Twitter and everywhere. So it'll look fancy for season two. Excited. But other art things I've been doing, because I bought an art tablet on a whim, I've been drawing lots of Digimon and Pokemon over on my Tumblr, which you can go check out. I've been told that they're good, so that's good. Me and Steve, you're part of the Lost in Translation on Slack chat. There's like an RP group there, which... Do I run it? I think I run it. You are the admin. It's cool. Like I, I don't know. I've somehow become the guy who runs all that stuff. But Stevie's been doing artwork of everyone's characters and everything. And it's, it's quite cool. I've been having lots of fun drawing stuff. There's plenty of Paddy the Patamon's forms. And I drew a Butterfree as well, of course. Which came out quite well. Yeah, Butterfree was quite good. Yeah, my Tumblr's linked in the show notes. If you want to go have a look at it. And I am taking commissions as well, if you are interested at all. 
what is it if if you don't want to look at the show notes tumblr.com slash blog slash stevie patamon and all my art's on there and another thing i've been doing is i've been uploading episodes of digimon but without the digimon because it's dumb and it's silly and it's funny yeah it's it's weird because like there's just no digimon in it so like somebody will be saying something and then it just cuts out halfway because the digimon is suddenly on the screen one of my favorite parts of it so far has to be devimon's evil speech because it just gets sentences cut out halfway and then he ends the speech with just the best line rescue the world from my domination anything else you want to talk about or are we are we good for the outro i think that's pretty much all the admin that we've got i could check through twitter but i don't think we've got anything fresh yeah we've been pretty quiet for a while oh i did guest on the with the will podcast oh yeah there was that there was that i was the first guest on the with the will podcast a couple weeks ago so you can go listen to that it was episode nine and i think that's everything (laughs) at long last Join us next time where we'll be discussing the second episode, or the second episodes. The Double Trouble Header and the Digiteam Complete. You can listen to more of us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Stitcher, where we'll like getting reviews and comments. And you can message us via our Facebook, Twitter, with the world thread, and email, which are all linked in the show notes. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Three, four, five, six, seven. Where's the seven? There's no seven. Seven, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay. What happened there? Better than Skype. I said seven, but I don't think it picked it up. Hmm. Okay. It's better than Skype. That's all we need to know. (laughs) Okay. That's recording away. Discord's working fine. Right. Shall we start this again? We'll have to record it again then. Whoa. Number three. Have you ever oh, been to a pantomime? My little one's still in here. Yes, I have a lot. They're good, aren't they? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Hello. Um, he's just like. Never mind. Sorry, bandits like fire <laughs> my shoes, and he's just he's chilling out watching me record. It's right. It's quite cute. He might come and sit on my lap in a bit if he feels a bit adventurous. Otherwise, oh, he's kind of sat there. <clears throat> yep. Sorry. Let's do that thing. You know that <laughs> podcast thing we do. We should do that today. It'd be quite good. It's been a while. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> Shall we start with Don't Touch That Dial? Yes, I believe we shall. <laughs> Not that it's written down in our uh, little itinerary or anything. Just as a crazy random whim, <laughs> shall we start with Don't Touch That Dial? Yeah, it's not like we have a sheet telling us to do it first that you ignored anyway and filled it out of order. I didn't ignore it. I just filled it in slightly wonky. <laughs> you ignored it. Apart from Brock and Misty, who rarely play any plot. Any plot? Who rarely play any part in any of no, the No, they battles. don't play any plot at all. Not a single plot in this. They don't play plot. They don't play plot in the... <laughs> Didn't the date... The date? Why can't I speak English today? Mm. Um, and then they're in the, in the... I can't say the digital world. I've not got the, <laughs> the, the oral dexterity to say those words together. <clears throat> yeah, they are in the digital world digital world but in the, the digital world, world in the dishwasher world <laughs> it's not like um armadillamon becomes a submarine <laughs> became a submarine for why <laughs> for why though oh because it's an egg
you know, reliable submarines. Digimon can digivolve into weird things. I mean, Paddy. No, what? I'm automatically calling him Paddy. 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 Patamon, who's an orange being with wings, becomes an angel. Mm. So I don't see why an armadillo True. can't become a submarine. <laughs> as long as he believes in himself. <laughs> I'll come back, TK, if you want me to. Still the best line. Mm. So passive-aggressive. <laughs> I still think so... it would be better if you just said, if you give a <laughs> 